Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there wouldn't be a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister look it was given Sasquatch Chronicles, a place where people share their encounters. Let's start the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. Got a great show planned for you tonight. I have two guests lined up. Uh, Johnny's going to be coming on to talk about his property out in East Texas. He just recently moved to this property, has had a lot of strange things happen, and even had a sighting uh, one night when him and his wife were sitting out back. So look for that here in a moment. Uh, Duke from World Bigfoot Radio is going to be on the show. And Duke wanted to uh, follow up with me on some of the insider information. I'm thinking about calling it Conspiracy Corner with Duke. Uh, it's stuff I never really get a chance to get into with the show. And it being Memorial Day weekend, it'll be nice to kind of uh, sit back, relax, just talk about some strange, stranger stuff than Bigfoot. Uh, so we'll be doing that too later on this evening. How's your three-day weekend treating you? I hope you do have a three-day weekend. Uh, like I said on Friday night's show, uh, back when I worked for the man, it seemed like I was was always working on weekends like this. You know, where it's a holiday weekend, and for some reason, I always found myself working on those on those weekends. Uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, thank you again for being here tonight. If you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, shoot me an email. My email address is Wes at SasquatchChronicles.com. You can hit me up on Twitter under SasquatchCron. Uh, if you go to Facebook, look up Sasquatch Chronicles. Uh, you'll find the group. Uh, you know, a lot of different ways to contact me, but shoot me your encounter. If you've had anything strange happen while you're out there, uh, definitely shoot me an email. And a lot of fun things to get to tonight. Let's jump right into it. Uh, Johnny, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here tonight. Thank you, and I uh, appreciate you giving me a call and, and giving me the time. Yeah, absolutely. I was pretty interested in your encounter, uh, or your several encounters. You know, I call them little mini-encounters. Exactly. 
tell us about this property. When did you guys move into it? We moved in uh, this year um, in mid-March. When did you first start noticing stuff going on around the property? Probably like the <clears throat> it had to been the, the the first week. Um, we had some stuff that happened. Um, the f- first incident, it wasn't. It was early in the night, but it was pitch black outside, and we, I just moved in, so uh, um, I wanted to check out the fireplace. So I put on a little headlamp and started walking towards the edge of the yard to to grab some firewood as i got to the edge of the porch i noticed some eyes um some eye glare and i looked back at it and you know i'm expecting you know it's wildlife and once the the light hit i'm expecting for it to be be scared or you know run off but it didn't it just like stayed there and stared at me and um, I really couldn't see the body to make out exactly what kind of animal it was. Um, basically, I can say that, you know, it had big eyes. They were somewhat probably far apart. So I knew it couldn't be something like a raccoon or something smaller than that. And as I stood there, I just kind of got this um, kind of like a fear, I guess you can say, came over uh, where I didn't feel really safe. So I started slowly backing up because I was feeling like that, even though uh, it seemed to be like maybe three foot off the ground. I really didn't know what it was. So I started backing up slowly because I know there can be like wild hogs and other things like that around here. So um, I started backing up. And once I got to the gate to the porch, um, probably wasn't the brightest idea. I probably wouldn't do it again. But I decided I let the dogs out. Because I feel like you know that would um, scare whatever it was away. So as I was approaching back to the to the area, the dogs they weren't barking. They really didn't seem that know there's anything there. Uh, they were just like sniffing the ground in front of me. And as I approached, I saw the eyes again. It was still there, staring at me. You know, but maybe a few seconds went by, and then it noticed the dogs uh, coming closer to the edge of the woods. You can tell by the how the eyes were that it turned, and then it um, like shuffled off. And I still wasn't really for sure what it was. It could have been like any kind of wildlife. It it just kind of like was kind of like you know wow that's kind of creepy yeah. you know got a creepy feeling from it. Days so later, um, I was on the porch and I noticed uh, by the this old tin shed that we have. Uh, right before you enter the woods, um, there's these two like like skinny trees that were broken off at the same height, probably about seven to eight foot tall. And I was like, man, that's really strange looking. And so I went over there and I pushed on one of them and it just fell over. And another one, I just pulled it out of the ground. I was like, well, these aren't even trees. These are just like tree limbs that someone just stuck in the middle of the ground there. And I just thought it was just kind of weird place to put tree limbs and um you know that was it and then the other little mini thing that happened um the week that we, we moved in it was storming outside you know thundering and things like that and um raining pretty hard uh, it was about three three or so in the morning and i couldn't sleep so i was in bed just messing around with my my cell phone looking on facebook or whatever you know and trying to pass the time to 
was able to feel sleepy again. And I heard a big bang. And I was like, what is that? And I thought that um, maybe the door of the shed, something like that, flew open from the wind. And then I heard it again. And and I was like, you know, that actually sounds kind of like a, a knock. And I heard it again. And it sounded like, you know, it was just like right outside the house. And so I woke up my wife and I was like, hey, listen, I think there's an animal or somebody out there making this weird, weird knocking noise. And <clears throat> so we're listening for her. And I was like, you know, of course, now that I woke you up, probably won't happen again. But it did. It, she heard it. And um, I was like, well, should I go out there and see what it is? And she was like, well, if you do, you might want to take a gun with you because it sounds pretty big and you know, it just sounded very powerful. And we heard it again, and that was it. So it was like this this kind of knocking, and then next day we was talking about it. And I was like, what do you think that was? You know, it still kind of just got me think, you know, thinking about it. It's kind of a little disturbing. And she was like, I don't know. She was like, but I want to – maybe we should start making sure – cars locked up at night because it sounded like it might be in you know maybe a person making that noise and she's like i don't think an animal will be able to do that and i was like well where where do you think that that it was and she's like i think it was probably on the porch and i was like well wow, that's you know pretty creepy was it hitting the house no it wasn't hitting the house it was hitting something but it didn't sound like it was really hitting the house it could have been maybe hitting the porch because it did sound like wood on wood type sound, like a big like pop, you know, like a big bang, you know, like a solid, just a like a whop. Huh, that's interesting. Your wife, it was loud enough to where your wife was like, hey, I think it was on the porch. I get what you're saying now. Yeah, yeah. The dogs are always kind of barking, but, you know, they're, they're dogs. They bark at all kinds of stuff. So it's like, you know, you always kind of hear things. There's a lot of deer around here, and there's hogs and stuff like that's coming through the property and so you kind of just kind of just brush off stuff you know of of it could be you know anything of you know but um i guess we probably was here i guess probably like three weeks into three weeks and then um we're sitting on the porch at the table uh, the dogs jumped up and ran to the gate of the porch and wanted out they smelt something and wanted to go investigate it. So I went ahead and just let them out. They took off running towards the right side of the house and um, to the woods. And they weren't gone that long. And they came back, running back just as fast as they ran there. But they came in. I got up, went and shut the gate, sat back down at the table. And I'm actually facing the back of the woods. And then I saw a movement. And I thought, you know, oh, a deer. So I looked at it, and it didn't look like like a deer. It was had two legs, tall, um, broad shoulders, and a round head. And it kind of like set it kind of like on the shoulders. Like a, I'm sure it had a neck, but you couldn't see like a neck like you would um, if it was a person. Unfortunately, my this old tin shed thing that's in the back, it walked, and when it walked, the tin shed blocked the uh, the the view of it. And when it passed, I was kind of like I didn't say nothing to my wife because I was kind of like still trying to figure out. Okay, I just saw something, don't know what it was, and um, 
and I was just kind of just thinking, well, I didn't have hind legs. Uh, bears are really rare around here, and I go, it really didn't. The head just didn't look like to me. It would have been a the body and stuff. It really just didn't look like it would have been a bear. Was it walking upright the whole time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And something I couldn't put my finger on it because I didn't see it for long. But something was that tells me there was something kind of weird with the legs, like how it moved. You know what I mean? Like uh, maybe they were like kind of long, and just the way it kind of like stepped. It was kind of strange, you know. So I don't know. Like I really don't think it was a person. And recently, I my brother came over, and he's a, just a normal sized guy, five eleven. And I asked him if he'd be willing to walk out to where where I saw the figure, just to give me an idea of what it would be like with a human, you know, with a normal person being there. Yeah, comparison. And yeah, and um, it was a lot bigger than him as far as like body size. And it was taller than him, and asked him to, you know, raise his hands up and tell him when to stop. And then uh, when he came back to me, I took out tape measure and asked him to put his hands back where he thought that um, he had it riz, risen to. And um, and I measured uh, approximately seven foot. So I was like, so we're, we're like, yeah, that can't be a person. Most people aren't that tall, you know. But when I saw it, before I told my wife I, I saw it i was still trying to like figure it out and i was just what it was because i didn't see a snout you know like a muzzle on it so <clears throat> i was like well it couldn't been a an, an animal and you know and i've seen you no know, pictures online of bigfoot and things like that and i was like you know it really didn't look like that either because i'm thinking you know what's normally what you might see like in um you know, Northern California and those type of places, that's where I've lived in the past, you know, 23 years. So that's kind of like what I think of Bigfoot, more like the gorilla head with the almond shape, you know, at the top, you know, a little, little mound or whatever on top of the head. Right. And um, I was like, it didn't, it didn't look like that either. I go, I don't know what it was. So I started kind of thinking, man, did I just see a ghost? You know, some type of shadow because it looked like a shadow, and if it wasn't moving, I probably would never even saw it. The only reason why I, th- I noticed it because I saw the movement of it. Yeah. And then, well, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what what could have that have been? Me and my wife heard something really kind of heavy, heavy stepping. I guess you can say, uh, coming to the to the right of us, of the house and in, in the in the little woods there, and. And she just kind of laughed, and she was like, what is that? And I was like, I have no idea. And she's like, she's like, I can't believe the dogs got up, ran off to go see something that we didn't even, you know, that we couldn't even hear. And here we are, we're hearing this, this, this walking, and they're not even, like, barking or anything. And I was, I was like, I was like, and then that's when I told her, I was like, well, you know, I just saw something really big walk, walk, walk him back there and i don't know what it what it what it could have been and um and she asked what it looked like and i described it to her and oh and we heard it walking towards us you know closer to us but then once we kind of start talking uh, um it it i really didn't hear the sound anymore so i don't know if it actually stopped or if it just kept kept on walking but uh 
it just kind of like I thought, you know, I wonder if that what what the dogs might have smelt or heard and took off running, then maybe made it walk another direction, and maybe they had to run in. Maybe they hadn't run in with it and just didn't want to have to face it again. So that's why they're being so quiet. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, we were, you know, I really don't know what it, what it could have, what it was. Yeah. So, um, you know, I watch, you know, the TV shows that's on Discovery and, and Animal Planet and stuff like that. So, um, I thought, well, let me research it a little bit more. So I start listening to podcasts and doing a little bit more, some Google searches. And then I found out there's more than one, one type of, of Bigfoot. And so now I was like, wow, you know, maybe I did see, see that because from what I've learned was that down in the South, they say that it resembles more of a chimpanzee than a, a gorilla and it makes sense because it had a little bit more, more it had more of a rounded head than 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 a gorilla so i kind of thought well maybe maybe i did you know had a visual sighting of 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 a bigfoot around here you know so when you first saw the shadows and it moving I can understand you thinking, did I just see a ghost? Or if you know, if you have no reference really to put it to, there's really no explanation. And they do uh-huh. move kind of weird. They don't. It's not quite like a person. Uh, and it's that description of what you're giving, uh-huh. kind of the football player, shoulder pads, helmet right on top. You know, the big round head. Yeah, I get that a lot from from your. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys do next? Did you guys just sit there, or did it? Uh we we just sat sat there. We're just kind of like I'm just kind of like. You know, we continued our our evening night like, like like usual. You know, we're out there, you know, talking, having some cigarettes. You know, smoking cigarette. You know, we just kind of like, what was that? And we're just like, and I told her I saw something. And really, can't explain what I what I what it was. You know, what it could have been. And I was like, you know, and I was like, I don't know. I was like, you think it could have been a person? You know, and because we're talking about. Basically, we start talking about how heavy it sounded. It sounded like I don't know something that weighed a lot. You know, it didn't sound something light walking through. And also, what got me kind of curious about the way it was walking was that you know why would it want me to hear it? You know, I kind of feel like most animals are kind of shy and don't want any kind of attention. I kind of feel like brought to it. So I kind of wondered if it was coming maybe to check us out, but wanted – I don't know. You understand what I'm trying to get at? It's like, you know, why why would it make noise when I kind of feel like it probably wouldn't have to? Kind of like I'm here type of walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really heavy and, you know, loud. And it's, you know, it's mainly a lot of leaves and some sticks and stuff like that, and it was clear – it was stepping on things and wasn't at all trying to hide itself. And I can understand you. Know, a lot of people, they'll probably wonder, why didn't you yell at it? Or, But when you see it and you're trying to process what you're looking at and you, you're you like, well, per, a person doesn't make sense. I mean, I could kind of see you standing there just kind of looking at the way this thing's moving. 
How far away from you do you think the creature was? Uh, I say maybe twenty yards. Oh wow! So it's pretty close. Yeah, it's really close. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was right there. Yeah. Did you guys smell anything by chance? No, no. Um, we didn't smell anything, and and there's been like one night. Uh, my wife said that she kind of smelled something, but I really didn't smell it. And and I, you know, I work for I work as an animal animal control officer, so um, you know, I dealt with skunks and stuff like that. So when a skunk sprays, you smell it. You know, there's no no doubt that there's a skunk in the area. And I kind of way that people have described the smell, I kind of feel like it would be the same way. You know, because they're saying it was like the most awful smell that they ever smelt. So I kind of thought, well, you know, I don't think that's was it. But um, but no, I didn't have any smell, and I really haven't smelt smelt anything. Have you gone around the property and looked for tracks or anything like that? Um, yeah, um, a couple of days after, actually, um, just um, I was in the back going towards the where I have the water hose I was going to fill up the dog's water bowl and um, there was actually an anthill believe it or not that had like a print in it and I took a snapshot of it and um, and I asked my wife you know I was like hey you mind just going looking at that anthill and and she went and she looked at it and um, I was like what do you think of it she goes it looks like a footprint in it and I was like yeah so I measured I measured like twelve inches by I think it was like six inches at the widest part. And the you know, it was an anthill, so it's wasn't all that perfect. Um but one thing I can that I noticed from it that was different is that um the big toe was was off to the side a little bit, kinda like a kinda like a person's thumb. Yeah. I guess you can say. That's and I yeah, and I was trying to count how many toes it was, but I really couldn't tell, like, you know, if it was three or four because it wasn't very clear. But you can kind of, like, see that it was, like, um, you know, some little toes there. One of the questions I want to ask you is, did you have – have you heard any vocalizations around the property? Um, it's been fairly quiet. Um, I mean, when we first when we first moved in, there was a lot of coyotes. Island and stuff like that, and every now and then we might hear something. It was like, uh, "What was that?" You know. But um, the cowies, I kind of feel like, like they had moved on. You don't hear them that much anymore, and it's been you know fairly quiet uh, as far as that. But um, last weekend uh, I was out outside. It was probably around like ten thirty so at night, and our and me and my wife was outside actually together, and um. I don't know how to describe it. I guess uh, like a it's like a big yelp, long kind of long out, and we were just kind of like, "What was that?" And I was like, and we just like looked at each other, and I was like, "I'm going inside." She goes, "Well, you don't have to tell me twice." So we went in went inside, and um, you know, I kind of really feel like that was probably a, a bigfoot sound. And um, the following night. I was outside. Um, can't recall exactly what time it was, but probably close about the same time. And um, 
I heard like, I guess the best, best way I can really explain it, it sound like an ape. Go, go, you know, going, whoo. I don't, I really can't make, repeat this, you know, emit the, the sound of it. And, but it was like a big, big, like whoop. And then I heard another one go whoop right after it. Sound like prim- primate type sounds out there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, after that, I just kind of went inside, to, you know. I mean, that's pretty much for as, like, you know, vocals. Um, a lot of times, you know, I I think inside the house, um, you really can't hear too much that's going on because you have the TV on and things like that, and you're talking. Right, yeah. There was an incident with your dog, wasn't there? Yeah, I was um I was on the couch watching TV and um it was like middle of the day and I heard my dog I have I have a couple dogs but you know all dogs if you know your dogs they have a certain bark to them right. you know where if they bark you know which dog it is and um I heard it bark a couple times and it kind of yelped like like something heard something had heard it you know like it was hurt and so I jumped up real quick and ran outside, but my dog was right there in the in the front front yard. That's strange. Yeah, it like spooked me out a little bit. And I told my wife about it. You know, she's like, "Well, did you go look? Maybe there's a injured dog back there." And I was like, "No, I didn't go look. I go um, plus I had my two year old daughter with me, and you know, I didn't want to leave her un- unattended you know, or bring her out there with me." So I just um, left it be. I had a witness one time on the past that talked about that. He kind of started out the way your property's kind of starting out. And he said that one time he heard his dog crying in pain. And so he climbed down this ravine because that's where he heard it. And he got down there and it was just starting to get dark. And he realized his dog wasn't down there. And he started getting surrounded by these things. And so he ran back up the ravine and his dog was sitting on his front porch uh, but he's like, I swear it was my dog out there, and it was hurt, and uh, so just strange, you know. Yeah. You wonder, you hear that, you run out there, your dog's sitting right there, and I know you're kind of in a remote location too, so it's not like you can touch the neighbor's house next door and his, it was his dog, you know. Oh no, yeah, yeah. It's like you know, I mean, like, I mean, there's neighbors, but everybody owns like several acres, and you know, you can hear the dogs barking, but you can tell that it's from this this location, and this was like. Sound like it was actually just behind my house, you know, basically maybe just like ten or fifteen yards if I was to walk out in the woods, yeah, so and it was like really clear, you know it was like no I was like there's no doubt that's that's my dog well, I'd be careful while you're out there uh I think if they were gonna be a t- completely aggressive with you, they would have done it by now, yeah, I started kind of feel like that too, I think that at first uh. There was a lot of activity, I think. Um, the only other thing, I guess it was maybe, maybe a couple of weeks ago, um, my wife was out on the porch, and she came in, and she's not really scared. She's like, she's like, Johnny, you got to come out here. She's like, I don't know what it is, but there's two things. There has to be two of them. First thing I said, come in and lock the door. And I was like, explain to me, you know, what what happened and she's like uh, we have like a chicken coop and she said it sounded like something around the chicken coop but then again right in, i have a little patch of a wooded area right in our front front of the house um past our lawn and she's like unless something 
ran through the darkness where I didn't see it, but now there's something that's in there and it's snapping limbs. A couple of days later after that, I went in there and I found um, like a tipee type structure, you know, that um, in my eyes, I mean, I don't know exactly, you know, how else it would be able to get there. And I sh- showed a couple of my family members and they're like, yeah, that looks strange. It's, um, you know, how can all these like limbs fall just like that and make a, a kind of like a blind, like a teepee and in the area where you can get inside of it and, and sit down. And, um, and right there, there when I was looking around, uh, I was looking for some tracks and that kind of stuff. The only thing I, I really found was deer tracks because it's all a lot of leaves and you can tell it was deer tracks because the ground was wet and they kind of stick into the mud, you know, the thing about it was also kind of weird is that, um, there was a path Well, there still is a, there's a path that goes from our front lawn that goes kind of like through the, the little wooded area to the street. And I noticed that, um, it was blocked off with some limbs had been placed there or had fallen from a tree by chance, but it's, it's both the entrance and the exit. So when you walk through, it kind of looks like if you follow the path of the deer, it goes through, you pass that little temp, that tempe type structure, a wooden structure, you come through, and then there's um, on both sides of the path, there's like a stick in the ground on, on both, both sides of the path with uh, big limbs, that kind of come off of it and it kind of looks like um like a way that you could herd maybe some animals like like through that like like it's only meant to either to enter or to exit from i wanted to ask you um why did your wife say that there was two of them what made her think there was two um just because like uh the time frame i guess of, of the noise she felt like it couldn't have and plus, she was looking towards the direction of the chicken coop, and, and it's dark. You really can't see around there, but you can see the chicken coop. And she said it sounded like something was shaking it, and that got her attention. So she looked over there, and as she was looking, then she started hearing um, limbs breaking and snapping right in front of her in that little wooded area. So she was like, oh, I got you. It has to be like two of them unless the one that was making the noise was able to run over there that quick and also had to run through a way where she couldn't see it, like like in the darkness, like where the, the light wasn't shining from the from our light that we have. I got you. Yeah. And in the back of our um property in the wood in the wooded area, the wood the wooded area it connects to everyone else's property so so it's pretty large and right where i saw the shadow type figure dark figure right next to it is um another tp type structure with that um that somehow another someone put up and it's got all, all these like sticks that goes around all these limbs that goes around and it's the same kind of structure but taller and uh, it's the same same thing. It's like it's structure where you can like there's an opening you can go in there and and sit down in it. You know, my advice to you on this whole situation is is just leave it alone. I could have. I mean, there's guys I would trust, especially down there in Texas, to come check it out. 
probably tell you for sure if they're in the area or not. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's better not to press a situation like this, in my own opinion. But, you know, what do I know? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was at first I was like, oh, I need to get someone here that <laughs> that knows a little bit more about what to look for and let me know, like, if if they're around, you know. But I think that um, once I kind of more kind of thought about it, I think kind of less I know, better off I'm kind of feeling. You know what I mean? I got you. And uh, yeah. I thought about putting up, like, maybe uh, cameras or something around the area that I'm like, you know, do I really want to see something, you know, that will – you know, I'm already kind of paranoid about it, you know, or, or I'm not really paranoid. I'm just cautious, you know, like I make sure the dogs are in at night when it starts getting dark, you know, and stuff like that, you know. Um no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, I would keep an eye, definitely keep an eye on your dogs, but uh, it depends on what you. It's like Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to know what's on the property? <laughs> yeah, you kind of got a glimpse of it. Yeah, um, and they're probably the way you described the property to me with the creek drainage behind the house yeah. and all the I, just the area where you're at. I know where you're at. I, yeah. I wasn't too far from there when mm-hmm. I went out with the guys, so I know what's there. If there's not a lot of aggression and you don't want to really open Pandora's box. But if you want to know what's on the property and you want to, it sounds like you got a pretty good chance of actually seeing one. Um, there's mm-hmm. guys, you know, I, I would have like the big thicket guys come down there, big thicket watch, like Bob Garrett and those guys, because you know they're going to respect mm-hmm. your property. You know they're not going to show yeah. up with 30 people. You know they're not going to. All right. A, a TV crew. Yeah, they're just not going to make a mess <laughs> of things. And sometimes if, if you're not getting aggression, there's, but if you push it, you can get it right, right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I was like, you know, because um, I listened to some people. They say they live out, you know, um, gifts and things like that, like apples or whatever. And my wife is like, "Well, should we do that kind of like a peace offering?" I was like, "No," because I don't want them to think that I'm trying to, to interact with them. It's like right. you know, I kind of feel like that um, they're a rare species, and I feel like you know. People know that they're there, whether the, you know the government's covering it up or people don't want to believe it, you know. And you know, and <clears throat> I'm just going to share a story with you real quick before before we go. But like, um, what kind of really kind of got me really believing in Bigfoot was that whenever uh, I, I grew up in northeast Louisiana in a rural area, and some of my family, my uncle and a couple of my cousins, they went on a camping trip to Arkansas and they rented a cabin and one of the nights that they were there, they saw something, what they thought was a person um, peeking through the window. So my uncle, my older cousin, they grabbed their guns and went out there and it took off running so they gave chase to it. And of course they didn't catch up to it, but they said they came back and they were telling us about the story and they said that they believe it was Bigfoot because how fast it was running and plus the um, limbs and the logs that it did step on, uh, no way that a human could step on that and, and break it. So I kind of feel like, you know, if with me seeing this stuff, you know, recently, seeing one recently and then having a family member way back, you know, uh, this is probably the late seventies, sharing a story with me. You know, is is uh, I think you know they're they're here, and I think there's probably more of them than what people really realize. Because you know, 
honestly, it's like, you know, if you're in Northern California, how often you go out and hike, you might see a bear, you know, right. and, and there's, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's, you know, fair enough, um, you know, bears, but, um, no, I'm, I'm with you on it. I think I definitely wouldn't feed them. That's my own personal advice. Some guys you talk to say, do that. But I look at it like this. Hey, if there was, if I thought there was grizzly bear in the area, I sure as heck wouldn't be putting out food. No, no. And these things can rip you apart just as fast as right. a grizzly bear can. Right. But again, if they haven't really shown any aggression, it really depends on, on what you want. Uh, now, if they start tapping on the house, start throwing stuff at the house, start showing aggressive behavior, yeah. that's a whole different story. Sometimes people just want to see these things. And like I said, I, I can get you in touch with the right people to uh, probably make it to where you could see one if you wanted to see one. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know if I, you know, um, I kind of feel like I did see it, Yeah, you know, and it wasn't aggressive towards me. Haven't, you know, I really haven't met none of my neighbors, you know, we're not really that close to each other, but I kind of feel like, you know, I wonder if they're like me, like, what was that? Or if they know they're here and they just leave them along. And oh, I'm sure one of the things, do. yeah. And one of the things that, um, me and my wife talked about, you know, it, if we should have like a researcher or someone come here and take a look around, she's like, you know, do we really want that? You know, someone here and disrupting the neighborhood. And, you know, if they're here, they've been here for a while. And probably the people that lived here has probably been here for a while. So it's like, you know, what we don't really want to, really don't want to draw like any attention to it, you know, but if, but then again, it's like, you know, it is a, you know, if it is a hot area, you know, the other side of it is, you know, if there is a person that you know of that would be, you know, discreet about it, I wouldn't mind, you know, having them come. I don't know if I want to go with them, <laughs> well, I'm, you know, with them, but I might, you know, but um, but if someone wanted, to, you know, maybe they can get some information about, about them, you know, maybe see one or, of course, some vocalization or, you know, I really don't know if they actually live on the property or not, or if they just kind of like walk through. Yeah, I can definitely, I'll put you in touch with some people, Johnny, I'll have them contact you. And then, uh, it's people I would trust to come out to my property. If I had this going on and have them take a look around and, you know, you might go talk to your neighbors. It may not be a bad idea to go up to your neighbors and say, Hey, listen, have you guys ever seen, you don't have to say Bigfoot, but you can say, hey, have you guys, yeah, have you guys seen anything strange out here? Or I know someone, you know, sound like someone's walking my property, and I know the area you're at. You don't go on someone's property and start walking around at night unless you want to get shot. No, you don't. No, no, you don't. And that, that's kind of the reason why I never really um kind of went to to any of my neighbors because get to their house, you know, you have to drive down a long driveway, you know, and. You know, if they don't know you, it'd be kind of weird, like, you know. And <clears throat> when I moved to this area, someone's like, oh, yeah, I know the area. People kind of tend to want to keep to themselves and stuff like that around here. It's interesting, too, because I know where you're at. I know mm-hmm. the general area where you're at. It's not far from where uh, I went out with the guys down there when I went to Texas. It's really not that far away. Yeah. You know, as a crow flies, you're really close. But I would definitely be careful because they can be aggressive down in that area. But it, again, if you've been there for a year, you haven't really haven't had any problems. Oh, uh, it's I would be here for was it since March? So March, like three months. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I know the house was empty for a while, wasn't it? Before? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that uh, the people that lived here before have not lived here for a year. 
um, before before that they I guess they moved um, to a town kind of like south of here. So um, if they had work or something like that there, they would have been too far to, to to commute. So I don't know why they hold on to the house for so long. Maybe as a backup plan, I wasn't for sure if they're going to move back or not. But um, you know they took care of the property and you know and stuff like that. But yeah, they told me that. Um, no one's lived in it. They hadn't lived in it for a year. So yeah. I thought that might have been another reason why, too, maybe was um, kind of like having some um, sightings and stuff like that. And, you know, if they were hanging around here, they're not used to people and dogs being here, you know. And maybe they're just kind of like checking it out. And I do go walking around the in the back some you know, let my dogs run around and everything, you know, and, and I kind of like, sometimes I feel a little paranoid about doing it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I want to continue my life. And, you know, if I want to go explore back there, feel comfortable in doing it, it's, um, you know, it can, can be bull just kind of walking through the woods, but at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to intrude and make myself kind of like, you know, feel like I, I guess, um, intrude, I guess on, on their territory or, something like that where, you know, they feel like they have to be aggressive. Well, Johnny, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Uh, hey, I appreciate it. It was nice talking to you. It was nice talking to you too, Johnny. Next up on the show, I want to welcome Duke. And um, <laughs> Duke, I'm laughing because of the music. I told Duke I was going to call this uh, Duke's Conspiracy Corner. <laughs> and Duke wanted to discuss uh, some of the Insider episodes I know a while back I had uh, an insider come forward, shared all of um, military records, all that good stuff, and then I did a show, and because of some threats and some things that happened, I took the show down, but I may end up actually bringing back that show. I still have it on file, and I thought about bringing it on just like a member-only type show on the website. Uh, If you go to SasquatchChronicles.com, you'll see all the member shows there on the right under the podcast section. I may end up actually releasing that full show uh, down the road and just give it, you know, let members listen to it. Cause there was a lot of really interesting things during that show. Uh, Duke, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me back. And uh, I'd like to say hello to all your fans out there. You got some of the best uh, fans and listeners uh, on earth from what I can tell. I think you guys are really great. Yeah, no, I have great fans and, and thank you so much for being on. Well, I know you wanted to uh, present some information, your take on the Insider Shows. You know, a lot of people like the Insider Shows. A lot of people like the more darker, violent encounters. And I guess that's one thing I can address with that. You know, I, as I talk to witnesses, I try and put together shows. What what would I want to listen to? What type of shows would I want to listen to? And not every story is, is dark and deep, uh, you know, threatening, on the edge of dying type story. I have had a lot of those in in the past, but not every story is that way. I know, like on Friday night's show, uh, the gentleman I had on, I thought this, I thought his encounter was fascinating. How he he's literally within twenty feet or less of this thing and describing what he's seeing, and the creature didn't really do anything. It just stand there looking at him in shock and amazement as he was looking back at this thing. You know, I mean, every encounter to me is is fascinating, and I know a lot of people. They wanted me to go more and more into the insider show, and then I had to take, I had to remove it uh, because of some issues that happened. Uh, but Duke, 
I know you, you kind of had a take on it. I know a lot of people have been begging me to go back and talk about the insider shows and I just haven't had time. Uh, but what did you, what did you come across and what did you think from that show? Well, actually I'll tell you, you know, a lot of the stuff that the insider mentioned were all things, um, just very few exceptions were all things that I'd actually heard before in other places. And, uh, some of which I was pretty much already, uh, prepared to say, yeah, that's probably true. But then other parts of it, of course, sound like so far out in left field. It's, it's hard to, uh, to get a real, uh, pulse on it. And I guess the other thing that even adds to that is that it sounds like, uh, the equivalent of what the physicists would call the grand unified field theory, only this one for conspiracy theories where it ties all of them together, basically. Um, so, you know, either you've got a whole bunch of military insiders that have got some genius scriptwriter that's working on this stuff for them and telling them all to come, you know, tell various people sort of different versions of the same information over and over again, or there actually is something going on and these people are coming forward to their own volition and uh, sense of... Uh, uh, you know, needing to be forthright about information that's important and wanting to tell other people about it. And, you know, some of it is, it's just, it's things that you could maybe see how something like that could come about, but it's still almost hard to believe that, you know, some of this stuff could actually be real. So I was interested in doing this when you brought it up originally, Wes, that, you know, just having, um, I know you're a real conspiracy hound too, and you're not just a Bigfoot guy. You like to look at all this other stuff too and learn what you can about it. And I've been that way for, you know, a long, long time now. So I thought between the two of us, maybe we could give this, uh, some of this information to sort of, um, a little bit more thorough vetting and at least give the folks out there some idea of what we think might actually be going on or some of the ideas that we could throw out so they could have, uh, something to think about on it. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I am interested in these other topics. Uh, when I talk to some of the insiders, you're, you're right. A lot, some of the stuff sounds really crazy, and I know sometimes people will take little tidbits out of what I said in certain shows and blow it up into something that really wasn't. I think on the last show, I made a comment about them weaponizing Sasquatch, or I've been told that's what they're doing. You know, some guy was yeah basically called me a nut on there, and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm not, I'm not saying they are weaponizing Sasquatch. I'm just giving you information I've been given." It's interesting, and, I, and I'll go into the Dolce New Mexico thing, uh, but I'll let you go down your list there. <laughs> yeah, actually, what, what he's referring to is that I just went back and listened to the whole episode all over again and wrote down a list of, of different subjects that were mentioned in there so that we would uh, not potentially miss anything that we should be talking about on your behalf. Well, I think we should start with, with where it starts, and that's with the whole Bigfoot thing. And one of the claims there was that there was actual um, gene splicing and manipulation going on with these creatures vis-a-vis um, -vis the American military or some branch of it, and that they were basically trying to figure out how to weaponize these things, turn them into super soldiers. Um, you know, and obviously, if you think about it, an army of Bigfoots or an army of werewolves would be pretty effective in causing trouble for the enemy. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, on the other hand, how ethical is it to even create something like that to start with and if these things already exist, then you're messing around with their genetic code and trying to make them into something that they're they're not and maybe shouldn't be made into. You don't know what the ramifications of that are. And, you know, me and, me and you have both talked about this before, Wes, with the weird stuff that they've been doing that the public knows about, like the uh, 
the goat spider thing where the goat had the uh, the spider gene so that uh, some uh, spider silk would come out in its milk, which then could be extracted and used for uh, whatever um, industrial purpose they wanted to apply it to. And if that sort of stuff has gotten to the point where it's open public knowledge and whatnot, you can only imagine what the, the uh, DOD military that's you know got to be a good 20 years ahead of what we're being allowed to know about, if not further, um, is capable of doing. And, it, you know, basically, um, with the gigantic black bag budget that they've got, that they don't have to tell us what they're doing with it, they've got more than enough money to go ahead and start making monsters with this process if they wanted to. So, is it possible? I really think it is possible. Did they, you know, are they the originators? of Bigfoot or some of these other creatures that we're seeing running around? I don't think so. I think that they are perhaps capturing some of these things and modifying them in whatever ways that they you know, find to be beneficial for what it is they want them to do later on. Um, and I could really see how that could, you know, be happening. But, you know, these guys really should go read the uh, Isle of Dr. Moreau <clears throat> before they start doing any more of this stuff and uh, see where these sort of uh, weird experiments can take them. I mean, this is mad scientist territory as far as I'm concerned. I agree with you. I, I think it is, too. And I, and I think that that stuff is going on, and, and it's interesting. Uh, as I do this show, I've been thinking over the last couple of weeks, because I'm interested in all these other strange topics, to either expand Sasquatch Chronicles or to just do a second show based on this other stuff. Because there is a lot of other weird things. You know, I get a lot of weird reports that really aren't Bigfoot related. Um, and I've gotten really strange stuff. Uh, and when I talk to the person, you know, they seem pretty sane when I'm talking to them. But they'll say half man, half something else they ran into. You know, you, you kind of got to, is it misidentification? Was it something else? But as you talk to some of these people, man, you get weirder and weirder stories about things they're running into. And it kind of goes back to the insider stuff. Uh, I've been told on three occasions now, look into Dolce, New Mexico, or Dol I think it's Dolce, Dolce, New Mexico. I think it's, technically, I think that's right, but I think the uh, the Americans around there pronounce it Dolce. I'm not sure, I'm not a native, but I've heard both. I think it is Dolce, though. Well, and the weird part is, going back to what you were just talking about with the gene splicing, I mean, all this seems like crazy in our own little worlds that we all live in. Uh, and we reside on in our own reality. But some of this stuff, you know, I, I've been told some really weird stuff, and I came across this on the news. Uh, Duke, let me know what you think of this. Dulce is a quiet, unassuming town nestled in northern New Mexico. Many of its residents are members of the Hikaria Apache tribe. They swear. I tell stories, but my nose isn't, isn't growing. <laughs> They are not making this up. They threw down a ladder from that, that spaceship. And then two small people started climbing down. Jerry Julian says she had her first extraterrestrial encounter right here on her Dulce Ranch about 40 years ago. It was huge. I just saw, like, just saw the bottom of it. You know, it was like flat like this. Many of her neighbors claim similar strange sightings. Fat in the middle and kind of like rounded on the sides. You're speechless, you know? You just don't know what to think, you know? It's just like, it's like nothing you've ever encountered before. Why are stories of the extraordinary ordinary here? I do not know. I do not know. 
probably in kind of that big uh, mountain we have right there, you know. Rumor has it there is a secret base hidden underneath the Archuleta Mesa here. The mountain overlooks Dulce. Some people in town say the base is run by aliens working with our federal government to conduct mind control and genetic experiments. Do you believe that? Yeah. Well, a whole bunch of people seen it, you know. Like the ground opened up, steam coming out of it. They also claim they've seen some creatures cooked up in those experiments, like Bigfoot and something half-human. Down this way, the waist down, it's a goat. It has a tail. But up here, it's a man. People tell me Dulce wasn't always a center for supernatural activity. But then sometime in the 70s, things changed. That's when cows started turning up mutilated. They just cut out. In between the lakes right here, we've seen one. I know it's not a predator. It's doing it. There's Someone's doing it. Local police never definitively said who's to blame. Locals say it has to be something out of this world. And since then... I was taking a random picture. Zoomed in, and there it was. There was a UFO right there. They say they know. It sounds crazy. They're just going to ask me, well, how much did you drink or what did you drink? Oh submit to a lie detector test or anything, you know. But say it's the truth. Question is, do you believe? Anything impossible these days now. In Dulce, Megan Cruz, KOAT Action That's exactly Center. what we're talking about. It's uh, Dr. Dr. Moreau territory there doing weird genetic manipulation and trying to uh, create uh, hybrid chimeras using that sort of a technical process and, you know, it's not ethical to create weird things like that just because you can. Yeah, and so it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder what's going on. I know the residents down there in Dulce, they've been saying this for years. You know, I've, I've gotten a lot of I've gotten a lot of weird reports out of there, actually. Uh, Bigfoot and non-Bigfoot. Just some really strange, strange reports. And a lot of the people I talk to in the military, uh, I've been told that several times. Go look into Dulce. Uh, New Mexico, go into that mm -hmm. area, just start investigating, start talking to people, and you'll uncover what's going on. And it just makes you wonder what what's going on there. And anyway, I didn't mean to cut off your, your list there, Duke. Oh, no problem, man. You know, it just gives me more time to think about what you're talking about, too. And one of the things that comes to mind when we're talking about Dulce is the, uh, the whole story that surrounds uh, Phil Schneider who was involved in making, uh, according to him, massive underground complexes with uh, generically known as dumps, deep underground military bases, um, supposedly for the military or perhaps the globalist elite to go and hide in if there's some big disaster on the surface like a nuclear war, uh, you know, coronal mass ejection or whatever that would mess up the surface. But he claims that in the process of actually making that base there, um, I, if I remember right, that's where they were when they were uh, drilling the pilot holes and ran into an underground complex that had supposedly already been there for, you know, hundreds of years. The uh, the government actually knew it was there and didn't bother to tell him or any of the workmen or anybody about it and just let them drill right into the damn thing, uh, which resulted in a firefight that, uh, according to Phil, he uh, lost three of his fingers and was opened up like a fish from his uh, uh, belt all the way up to his neck and would have died if uh, a special forces guy hadn't thrown him on the elevator and pressed the button to take him back up to the surface again. And, of course, uh, Phil's been gone for quite a while now. Uh, after multiple assassination attempts, he finally did end up dying. But uh, he was adamant right up to the 
the last time he ever talked to the public or anyone else that this is all true, uh, that the government was making two or three of these deep underground military bases uh, per year. And this lines up exactly with what the insider told us also. Uh, even the rate that they're being constructed at. And I have seen pictures of these big um, tunneling machines that they use. As a matter of fact, I was actually uh, uh, one of the people that uh, was requested to be on a big tunnel job that was going in underneath um, St. Paul and Minneapolis. They were drilling a tunnel about 200 feet down to connect all of the old overflow tunnels to. So there was like a main spillway that would, uh, in case the city flooded, would direct all the water away from it. And uh, that was the kind of equipment that they were using. They just had this giant machine that would crawl in there and dig the, the tunnel right through rock, whatever was in front of it. And then um, they had, you know, the more primitive version where they had to come in and then put a casement um, afterwards. But the, the ones that they are, they're using supposedly for all this uh, big underground, deep, underground military base construction are ones that can deflagrate the rock and then actually reform that into a smooth surface as the casement for the tunnel itself. So it's just like a huge earthworm. It just burrows through the earth and leaves this nice perfect round hole 40, 50, 60 feet across. And the thing that got me when I saw a good picture of one of these is, uh, why does this thing got a U.S. Air Force emblem on the side of it? Right. I've seen that. Makes you wonder, what are they doing, uh, you know, protecting our skies underground? Yeah, well, it seems like anytime there's anything, well, for me at least, anytime there's anything weird going on with the military or with the government, for some reason, it's always the Air Force. That's like the yeah. branch of government that I keep that keeps coming up when you look into things, you know. And and I don't know, honestly. I guess for the audience, I don't know if they are manipulating the genes of Sasquatch. I don't. There's something bigger going on. I'm not really sure on the cover up. You know, there's multiple reasons why they're they're covering this whole topic up, but why I don't know. Uh, one of the things I was going to talk to you about, Duke, is down in Texas. Uh, with the big thicket guys that were doing the expeditions. And and I guess I won't go too much into the story, but uh, from what I've been told from witnesses that were there, uh, these guys, it was like almost just short of an FBI raid. Uh, these guys come rolling in from the forestry department and the USDA and all these different branches of the government to roll in to shut these guys down and made a big stink, separated everyone, told the guys that were running the expedition they had to leave or they were going to take them to jail, yeah, but everyone else could stay. You know, they they told the guys they had been surveillance in them for months, uh, on and on and on and My on. God. And, th- and this is conversation from the witnesses. These aren't even the guys. This isn't Bob or Tim or those guys tell me. This is what witnesses have relayed. So they're getting questioned left and right. You know, they got to leave. One of the participants asked one of the forestry guys, uh, have you ever seen a Sasquatch? And the guy's reply to him was, you don't want to know what I know about Sasquatch. And just kind of turned away. Well, he asked him again, and the guy basically came out and said, if you see one and it shows its teeth, leave as soon as you can. And then turned back around. I mean, just totally... They were, it wasn't a joke. They weren't playing around. Straight-faced, right? Good very, advice, though. Very straight-faced, yeah. And what was interesting is, Bob, everyone, all those guys have to leave. I asked if I, they would send me copies of the tickets. And they got it would be equivalent to like a parking ticket is basically what they got. It was like operating a business uh, in the National Forest without a permit. Fine is what they got. And the max you can be fined for that is 150 bucks. So they've been surveillance in these guys for how long and using how much of taxpayers' dollars to go bust some guys looking for Bigfoot? 
It's like, are you freaking? How many how many man hours total to have a team doing this for that long? It's ridiculous. To put it in perspective, if you walk, I think it's a hundred yards away from an unintended fire. It's a five hundred dollar fine in the state of Texas. And the only reason why I bring that up that's the fine right above. The, they give you the list of the you know statutes you broke, um, and that was kind of in that same category of walking away from an unattended fire, except for that's a $500 fine. What these guys did was like $150 fine. And that's, they weren't actually, there was no amount written in and no court dates, no nothing. I think they got the equivalent of like a backhand to stop doing their expeditions. And it makes you wonder why. Is there something going on down there that everyone needs to know about? Or, I mean, uh, why go to the extent to kick these guys out of that area? It makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things I thought about with that is the, uh, here we go, with the Miller document. But the Miller document did say that there was going to be in an area around there that they were going to be doing research on these things on. And like every five years or something, they were going to get another big parcel of land and attach it to it. And they had this long-term plan. It was supposed to be, what, like 2012, last piece of land was going to be purchased or something. And, uh, you know, they'd have more space available for these creatures to live on. And it could be that, you know, they're just sort of uh, painfully aware of where these things actually came from and who's responsible for it. And so they're paying more attention to those than they would uh, populations elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder. I mean, you would think that these guys would be more interested in busting poachers than busting these guys. Yeah. When you hear them shut them down like that and kind of go out, I mean, there's way more to the story. And depending on how the feds handle it is depending on how much I'll do shows on it. Uh, But I'd love to have the guys on. Uh, The one thing that happened really strange that when they, that this last expedition, after the guys left, this mystery man shows up. He shows up with all this firewood from the, what the witnesses, the participants told me was this guy like stocked their fire all night long for him and said he was a local and said it helped, it helps keep the boogers away or something to that effect oh. as he's st- stoking the fire for him. And one of the guys asked him, are you with the military? He's like, this guy, there's something about this guy, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just weird. Right. I mean, just, yeah, it shows up out of the blue, you don't know him, and he's going to sit there and stoke your fire all night. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Right. <laughs> Very and weird. that was right after they they kicked all the guys out. And it makes you wonder if they're like, well, let's send send someone back to make sure at least a fire's going so don't wind up with a bunch of dead people. I mean, yeah. that's just kind of the stuff that I wonder about. Why did they, anyway? Well, yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, uh, you, you've got to look at this from... The perspective of the let's just let's just look at it from the perspective of the public that are skeptics. They don't believe in Bigfoot. If there's no such thing as Bigfoot, why are these guys following these guys around for four months, surveilling them so they can give them a hundred and fifty dollar ticket? Really? Uh, did they think they were like you know smuggling drugs across the border through secret uh, you know hundred mile long tunnels and they had subterranean Bigfoots trained to carry them or you know I mean just just like what the hell were they actually thinking when they're after these guys and what could be their motivation other than they know Bigfoot's real and they just want to interfere with these guys to stop them from basically interfering with them yeah it definitely makes you wonder you know one of the other things that uh, was mentioned that uh, first of all we're we're being desensitized to uh, having weird critters around by the uh, 
the vampires, the werewolves, the zombies, the alien shows, all that sort of stuff, is an attempt by the the government propaganda machine to desensitize us to having weird critters around. And that was about the same point in the conversation where Chris mentioned that um, uh, that Chris at least thought that Dogman is 100% created by genetic manipulation. Sometimes people argue that with me. Uh, they say the reports of the dogman go back, you know, go back as long as Sasquatch, if not longer. You know, in my mind, I, I, you think of a dogman, I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. Something about it doesn't seem right. And I, I, I tend to agree. I think it is something that's been genetically altered. I mean, that's my own personal opinion. I could be 100% wrong. The, when you start listening to what the witnesses say they ran into... Uh, something's not right about that. I mean, it's just not. There's some element of it that either says it's it's a supernatural construct or it's a genetically manipulated construct. Because from what we understand of the, the rules of science and nature, and, you know, correct me if I'm going in the wrong direction here on this, Wes, um, something like that should not be able to arise through normal course of evolution. Right. What's the advantage to running on hind legs when you can already run fast on four legs, you know? Uh, it just it doesn't make good sense logically that something like that would ever come into existence. And then there's the uh, the folks that'll tell you that the way the uh, the body on a regular wolf or something or a dog, any canid, is laid out makes it difficult for them to actually breathe and whatnot if they're standing in an upright position. And so it would tend to again point away from something like this happening as a result of uh, natural selection or environmental pressures or anything like that. So. You're sort of left with, you know, were these things around a long time ago? Well, you know, I found references to them going back thousands of years, the cyanocephalus of the, of the Greeks. Uh, and, you know, they, yeah, the Greeks had lots of legendary monsters and stuff, but what do we know where they came from? There might have been somebody making these things genetically back then. That wasn't us. Um, so, you know, when we look at what we can do with our technology now and we look at some of the critters that they had, quote unquote, imagined, it really makes you wonder about the whole thing. But to me, I've always had trouble picturing Dogman as an ordinary um, flesh and blood animal. And, and it was always easier for me to think of it as either being something that was genetically created or something that was basically had a basis in the supernatural. Now, um, I was talking to a, a native uh, from the Navajo tribe yesterday, and we got on the subject. And uh, what they perceived to be a dog man by our standards, which is to say something that looks like a werewolf, has hawks um, like a dog, has big dog-like feet, not Bigfoot feet. Um, you know, it doesn't have front paws. It's got hands with claws on them. But so it sort of looks like a werewolf. Now, from their standpoint, that isn't a natural creature. It's uh, a skinwalker. And I said, okay, well, I showed him a couple more pictures, and uh, one of them was a gugwee, and he said, well, that's, that's a dog man, too. And I said, well, that's the one with the, the Bigfoot-type body on it. So you guys think uh, those are supernaturally created, too? And he goes, well, we sort of class all those creatures as being supernatural. And then he told me the exact word for it. And I said, well, how does that translate? We kind of talked back and forth a little bit. And the closest thing to it was it was basically the Navajo analog of the word cryptid. So anything that isn't a normal animal that you see regularly falls into the category of going underneath this one word, which doesn't necessarily mean it has magical powers. It just means it's so rare rare and weird that they consider it to be something unusual. So, you know, there's that whole thing to consider. And, And a lot of the tribes 
do have names for Dogman and separate names for some of these other things that we're starting to think are sub-varieties. But the one thing they all have in common is these things are vicious. And uh, not to be trusted. If you, you know, if you see one, you should probably. If you got a big enough gun, you think you can shoot it. You, you might maybe want to. Um, they just have a totally nasty reputation. And uh, you know, I've never heard of one of them having a, any kind of a positive interaction with humans. I'm not saying that they can't, but usually it's that they just love to scare the hell out of humans, whether they're planning on attacking them or not. And um, the Gugglies, by comparison, can be actually sort of neutral or disinterested in humans. There was one guy who was walking his dogs back here, and I think it was like 2012, and ran into one that was like 9 or 10 feet tall, and it was just walking across this trail that he was walking his dogs on, and just kind of stopped for a second, looked at him, no show of alarm or interest or anything, and just turned back and kept walking, like, you know, I don't even care that you're there, and disappeared in the woods on the other side of the trail. So <clears throat> that's one way you can probably tell the Gugglies a little bit easier from the dog man is that they're not 100% hostile, but uh, they haven't got much better reputation, so don't let that encourage you to go and pull their uh, non-existent tail. <laughs> Might be a really bad idea. But what do you think about that? I think it's interesting that when you asked him, how does that translate? And it basically translated like cryptid. Uh, I think that's interesting. It's, you know, this whole thing, that's why I, not, I try not to delve too much into the insider shows, because some of the information I think for the audience to hear is just so far out left field, or it seems like it is anyway. Uh, you start talking about DNA experiments gone wrong. You start talking about weaponizing. You start talking... And I think all of this is going on. I really do. I really think, let me clarify it. Do I think that's the only reason why Bigfoot's being covered up? No. But I think with regard to some of this other stuff, you know, when someone tells me, hey, I ran into a half man, half weird thing, I'm kind of more apt nowadays to stop and listen to see what they have to say. Right. Well, with with you, Wes, you know, if you're looking at this person face to face, you've had enough experience with us that, you know, within three minutes, you can tell if they're feeding you a line of who you are, if they actually are serious or not. And you can usually tell just by what their demeanor is like when they're telling the story. You know, if this is something weird and shocking and otherworldly, their face will show it. There's, you know, it's not that difficult to tell. And then you get stuck with a situation like, well, this guy's telling me something that's just so hard to believe. I don't know where to go with it. But on the other hand, he's so earnest and he seems so honest about it. And clearly he saw something that scared the living hell out of him. So what do I make of this story? Yeah, and that's what I try and do. You know, that that's why I thought about doing like one night a week, weird stories, kind of just weird off the wall. I'm not sure yet. Figure a way to put that into the show. Because I get a lot of them, man. I get a lot of like really weird type stories from sane people i mean people that aren't that aren't nuts you know that are saying hey i ran into this and it freaked me out and i'm not sure what to do with it so i thought about hey why not do another we should do another show duke where we just do weird stuff you know what i mean <laughs> hey i'm down for it if you want to do it brother i'd be happy to be there i love all this this kind of stuff i've been uh you know since my encounter happened when i was so little I've sort of been stuck doing this ever since because of just surely not trusting that what they're telling me is accurate. I want to look into everything all the time and vet it myself and see if it actually is. And, you know, that's kind of a good way to, to find out things that you shouldn't know and get yourself in trouble. But occasionally it's, it's helpful. <laughs> well, do you want to add anything else to it? Or? Uh, well, the only thing that I wish that we had gotten more of from the uh, – from the insider, uh, when we were talking to him, was more physical detail on these things. And we got some interesting things that, you know, where 
where are the best, uh, you know, spots if one of them's attacking you and you've got to defend yourself, where are the best spots to, to shoot at it. And, um, that, uh, you know, they, they basically have very closely, um, set together ribs that are tremendously thick. And uh, the sternum itself is tremendously thick, even more so than it needs to be. So if you're shooting at the uh, the upper chest or something, uh, chances are that you're, you know, unless you're hitting them with a 50 cal or something, it might not go in anyway. Um, and then there's uh, other strange things about their anatomy that uh, didn't get touched on that I've heard from other people, too, though, where it's, you know, like one variety has like two hearts and they're sort of under its armpits on each side. So if you shoot it where you think its heart is, that's not where it is. And like uh, some varieties having three vocal cords, which essentially allows them to make noises that basically no other animal could make. And uh, if you want to look at it this way, they could do a, a three-part harmony all by themselves. So, you know, if that's true, that could explain some of the really odd sounds that they can make. And, uh, you know, even things like... Uh, Bear on the Bigfoot Outlaws talking about the uh, the train would be coming to this intersection that uh, because it was a, a, a crossroads there every time it went by the intersection it had to blow the horn it's by law and these things would feel the ground rumbling or they would hear it coming off the distance and they'd start mimicking the train uh, the horn to the train before it even got there and actually blew and you know how weird would that be to hear that coming down from the hills next to the train track going what the hell is up there making that noise you know but uh, I think I think that might have some validity, and it could could be one of the reasons why they're so good at mimicking, and uh, you know, being able to uh, to make themselves sound like other animals. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, one of the things when I was at that um, expedition with the Olympic Project, uh, they had a lady there that does something with monkeys. She goes to the Amazon. She was talking about how they had actually trained a chimpanzee to talk. She said it could only it, it could only say four words. Um, and when it talked, it sounded like a deaf person, but they breathe differently than we do. So every time the monkey would try and say something, it had to push a lot of air out. But the chimpanzee learned four words and could say the four words. I think it was like mom, dad, and stop, and something else. And the chimpanzee learned this. And so, you know, these things, having the vocal cords, I've had enough witnesses on now, and I've heard enough encounter stories, even off the air, where I firmly believe that they can mimic you they can it may not be perfect but they will try to parrot what you say and the noises that they hear uh one of the stories that the insider told me and i'll let you tell it duke when the insider was telling me the story uh chris actually started crying in the middle of telling telling me the story about shooting the family of uh sasquatches i think chris was more upset about the reason why they shot him uh but do you do you want to tell that story yeah, I, I can't give some details on it, but suffice to say it was in the far north. And uh, what was happening is that these things were not predating on humans or scavenging off us or anything. The only thing that they were doing wrong is that they were being seen too often. They weren't afraid of people very much anymore because people didn't harm them. So they were letting people start to see them, uh, which was, you know, presents a problem for those that want to keep this whole thing covered up. So they sent in a... Uh, a hit team basically to go and get rid of this uh this little troop and uh they had already shot the uh i think if i remember right it was two younger ones and the male and it wounded the female and she was um kneeling on the ground over one of the uh dead infants 
basically um, crying over it just like a human mother would with tears coming down her face and everything. And, uh, of course, Chris uh, could see this through the sniper scope. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, well, pretty obvious what the reasons are, but uh, really, uh, really, really hurt him bad. And uh, he basically broke down at that point, too. And, uh, you know, you put, you're pulling down on something that's essentially um, innocent, doesn't deserve to be shot. And it's, you know, crying like a human being. Well, how would you feel about that? Uh, you know, unless you were just a cold-blooded murderer, you wouldn't feel very good about it. And, you know, the thing that really gets me about this whole situation is is it was so needless. These things weren't hurting anyone. The only thing they were doing wrong was letting people see them, you know. And that's grounds for them to be assassinated. Uh, it, it just makes me sick. It is kind of heartbreaking to hear the story. Like I said, Chris actually broke down in tears as Chris was telling the story about killing this group. But, you know, that's not the first time I've heard that. I talked with a guy one time that claimed to have shot them or shot one um, with a small caliber. I think it was a nine millimeter. It's a longer story than this, but basically the short version is, is he shoots it. He said, you know, they cry like, like we do. You know that, right? And the first time I heard that, I said, what? He goes, yeah, they cry like we do. The Sasquatch-type creatures, they'll cry like we do. And then he kind of told me the whole story about shooting this one, and it put its hands over its eyes and actually started crying, and then it ran off. And he said that he had to pack up and leave really quick because he was starting to get rocks thrown at him. He was starting to get, he felt like retaliated on. He said the, op- the forest just like opened up with noise after he shot that one. He started getting rocks thrown at him. He started getting logs thrown at him. Just enough time to basically grab a sleeping bag and, and run. Again, going back to what Chris was saying, that's not the first time I've heard of one crying. Yeah, that's that's just really sad. I mean, it adds a whole other level of uh, of misery to the story. Just uh, it, it, Like the story isn't bad enough already, but then there's the added element of, well, they cry just like human beings, you know. Um, so really... Uh, really sad. I've actually seen a drawing that Chris made of the picture. Uh, Chris drew a drawing of the, the female Sasquatch uh, crying. And uh, it's really sad. Yeah. Well, Duke, thanks for uh, coming on for uh, Duke's Conspiracy Corner. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do this again next week. But I appreciate you touching on the some of the insider stuff because people ask me questions all the time, and you know it's nothing I can prove. It's just stuff I've been told by higher ups, and I've heard it several times over. Uh, so maybe it doesn't phase me as much as when I go on the air and talk about it. But uh, thank you for doing that, Duke. Oh, uh, you're you're totally welcome. I enjoy doing this sort of stuff, and I always enjoy talking with you, Wes. Uh, and, and you know, if we can bring information like this to people, don't necessarily assume that we think it's true. We just think it's interesting, and that there's enough substance to it that you guys might want to see it or hear about it, and you might think it's interesting too. Absolutely. And catch Duke on World Bigfoot Radio on YouTube. Check him out. And I try and post your shows. And But if yep. people go out there, subscribe to Duke. And that way you get the alert when a new show pops up. Uh, World Bigfoot Radio. Duke, thanks again. You're very welcome, Wes. Thanks for having me on again, brother. <laughs> thanks, Duke. I don't know why that music makes me laugh. Uh, but anyway, yeah, remember, if you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, shoot me an email. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. 
Bye for now. I will see you guys next time. Have a good night, everyone. Yeah.